BeastNet is brought to you by James Safety Services and in partnership with Beast OCR. Here we discuss all things OCR and fitness related, running, endurance, conditioning, rucking, and more. Welcome to BeastNet. Hey everybody, welcome to BeastNet tonight. We got Brother Boggs talking with Brian Kays, and we're going to be talking about quite a few things, but primarily racing local and the Beast special teams. Hey, Brian, you've been on the show before, but uh, for those that this is the first time catching you, give them a quick synopsis of who you are. Like you said, I'm Brian Kays. Been on the team almost since the beginning. I've been racing since 2011. Had a lot of experience on Rumbelt. A lot of different races, a lot of races that don't exist anymore. And the fact that I'm the special teams director, yeah, that uh, sums it up for me. So being the special teams director, what all... What all comes under your purview? Well, I got the uh, the pro team and the ambassador team, and we have just recently selected the 2020 teams. Very excited about that. We got a good, strong team for 2020. We got one person that was on before, and she came back. So I'm excited about that. New rules for 2020. You're no longer one and done. Pro members, as long as they're representing well, can earn their spot for next year and years after that. And the same thing, almost the same thing for ambassadors, is they're now a lifetime commitment. So it's no longer one and done. Once they earn the title of ambassador, they can just continue being awesome and great people and promoting our events and challenges and stuff like that. And welcoming new racers. So both programs are just, you know, if you're doing great, you know, stick around type of uh, mentality. Well, that's a, a real, I think, an awesome change going to the, the, the lifetime commitment or, you know, you're in it till you don't want to be type club. Because in the past, you know, we've had one-year ambassadors and then they couldn't be the ambassador next year. And you know, after about well, the three years that we did it, it seemed that there was you know confusion on who could and couldn't call themselves ambassadors, I guess. And and I think exactly. the, the life, yeah, I think that lifetime commitment is a little more of a a deal where we're able to have the same people out on the races. And and I noticed that looking over the rosters, it looks like we pretty well picked somebody from each of the states that we primarily represent, and somebody from British Columbia um, as we're continuing to represent there. Yes, this is our first time selecting somebody from Canada, and I'm excited about that. They have a lot of great events up there, a lot of great races up there, so that's great that the team's expanding up there and raising awareness up there, not only for racers, but for the events that they have up there. Yeah, there's a lot of real cool events up there. We kind of got lucky with with Melissa, as she's a very well-traveled beast. Um, You know, she was just this last weekend at the the Central Cal, um, and she goes up to Whistler, does all the BC events. Um, she travels quite a bit, so not only did we end up with a, a pro team member in BC, but they're also a very well-traveled one that'll spread the name. Yeah, I'm really glad uh, she signed up for the teams. She's going to do well. Um, <clears throat> the other members, uh, Taylor and Tasha Overmiller, um, we've had Taylor on before. Um, Tasha, I'm hoping to have on here soon. Um, they're, they're representing out of Portland, right? That is correct. They are quite the strong power team. They've been 
running a very long time, running competitive very long time, and gym owners, and they got a lot of things, positive things going on for them. That's awesome to hear. And then we've got, of course, Mario over in uh, Idaho, which is just a wonderfully fun person. He is very positive, very out there. He's fairly new to the team, but he really jumped in, you know, both feet, really loves the team, really loves being active, very social. And that's awesome for the Boise area because we don't have a, a strong showing over there. Um, we have a few strong people, but we don't have a lot of people over there. So that's great that, you know, he's dragging people into the craziness that we all love. Yeah, that'll be a lot of fun. And I think a couple of our, our Idahoan friends are moving over here to Seattle with the rest of us here soon. So that'll, that'll hurt our presence over there a little bit, but, uh, it'll be good that we've got an ambassador there to help grow the ranks. Yeah, that's, that's true. But hopefully, uh, like, you know, he helped build Idaho, you know, he can help build up other gyms, you know, wherever they land, you know, which is awesome. Yep. This will be a, a real fun season. And, of course, we've got uh, Audra, who's uh, one of the Beast OGs, one of the earlier ones. <laughs> very, very beginning, uh, you know, with Brandon Chin and the Beastmaster, Andrew Hooper, you know, very early on got addicted and she's just an all-around great person i love having her on the ambassador team oh and then there was tracy yes that's our repeat champion she's chased podiums she's landed podiums and just continuing to excel her attributes are very long fitness instructor a lot of people are chasing after her a lot of people want to uh put their brand on her but she chooses to run for Beast OCR, and and that's just awesome for us. Now, a little plug there, because you did bring up brands. Um, now, we wouldn't have our, our pro and ambassadors without the support we get from GH Unders, so we do need to plug them here. Gray's Harbor Unders makes the performance-based layer clothing you want and need. Whether you work, hunt, hike, fish, run, or ride in the great outdoors, if you work up a sweat, Gray's Harbor Unders are for you because their unique dual-layer fabric removes moisture from your body and keeps your skin dry, even when the outer layer is completely wet. It's a base layer like no other. Get you some at ghunders.com. That's ghunders.com for the best performance-based layer you'll ever wear. Absolutely. They've been around for a very long time. They're very generous. Their gear is amazing. I've had my gear for about three years, and it still works like it's brand new. I see so many people freezing in those April races. You know, I run with my GH Unders, and I'm just fine. I I go under that water, and I'm cold for a couple of minutes, and I warm right back up. GH Unders is just an amazing product. And they are amazing people. Yeah, Candace uh, on a recent episode was talking about how had she been wearing GH unders, her results would have been very different. She raced Tahoe on Saturday in the Opens wearing her GH unders and had no problem with heat or anything. And then on Sunday, she was convinced by, by Joe that she needed to get back out there and conquer it again because she had been shortchanged from the... Uh, lightning strikes and he fitted her out with he outfitted her with a whole bunch of you know real good summer gear i guess you'd say um it was all spartan you know real good brand craft and all that stuff but it was all super thin 
and yeah. you know, her legs were just exposed to the to the air and unfortunately that's that's what caused her to uh to go hypothermic was the fact that 40 50 percent of her blood flow had no protection from a product like gh unders and uh she's definitely one that's out there spreading the word about how those things if she'd have been wearing those she'd have completed that race and and she wouldn't have almost uh, had big issues absolutely it is a great product it's amazing how it works i don't know exactly how it works but it does it takes the water away from your skin and lets you feel dry even though your clothing's still wet and it's a, that's an awesome thing because uh, I know that when I did April this last year, I was probably hypothermic at the end of it. I was wearing just my Under Armour leggings and uh, God, I think I was actually wearing a, a blend top underneath my uh, my T-shirt. And for whatever reason, I just could not get warm no matter what I did out there. And uh, everybody that was out there with me had the same problem no matter what they were wearing. And I'm going to say that because I don't think anybody in my travel group for that race had anything from GH Unders on. There were a couple of first timers or second timers that were just getting into it. Yeah, and it was a it was a very cold race. It was a very wet race. It was quite miserable for a lot of people, and you know, people. Well, you know, I was I was wearing the gear and I was just fine. So I hope you know people start realizing that. You know, gear is a big issue for certain races, early races, especially Tahoe. I'm going over to Vermont. I've raced over there. Amazing venue over there, but you are going to go in the water. You're going to get wet, and you're going to come out cold. You you better be prepared for it, whether gear-wise or physically-wise. Uh, one thing that I, I know I've talked on a couple of times on the show here is is gear is the difference. After April, the Facebook world went crazy with everybody saying, you know, that with 200 plus dropping out due to the hypothermia, Spartan needs to move the race. They need to do this. They need to do that. And honestly, I think it all came down to gear. And even in the conversation with Candace, she's going to confirm with you that it was just to gear. Everybody needs to plan better. And, and wear the right gear for the race that they're doing. Spartan is not seen as an entry-level race. No, Sometimes, you know, especially with the Groupons and the open afternoon heats and stuff, you see some people that come out very, very unprepared. I did an afternoon sprint, and I think half the people out there were wearing street shoes and just sliding everywhere because they didn't know that uh, yeah. that there's going to be mud. <laughs> what Absolutely. there's gonna be mud <laughs> <laughs> and you know that's kind of crazy thinking about it but i've seen it too you know and like you said gear is everything it's not just shoes it's your leggings your upper body uh the gloves that you wear you know people wear start out with dry gloves and as soon as they get wet they're absolutely useless yeah, i've been looking at uh maybe getting a set of those leg mittens or something similar to them. I've heard great things about those black mittens, and you just peel them off, you know, peel them around your wrist and do the obstacle and put them right back on, and they're keeping your hands warm for while you run. I've heard amazing things about them. Well, when you take a guy like me that has very poor grip strength, and that's probably my number one or number two thing that I'm working on this offseason, Poor grip strength plus anything on a monkey bar or a rope means that I'm just not holding on. And having dry hands at least would give me a slight chance of at least holding on to something. Agreed. So gear, yeah, gear is super important. (laughs) 
Speaking of gear, we're gearing up for another year of Race Local. That challenge is coming back as part of the 2020 Beast Challenges, if I'm not mistaken. It is. And uh, Brian May theoretically leads up all of our uh, challenges, but the the Race Local, I believe, uh, lands very near and dear to your heart because every time that I've you know, seen anything about it. Heck, even your your Facebook uh, banner is race local. So, did you want to talk about that a little bit? Sure. Yeah, I've I've changed my Facebook photo and my background, and you know, Brian May put the challenge out, I believe, two years ago to race local, and I was one of the handful of people, you know, that went for it. I don't remember the other four. I know James and Kelly. I believe were ones that went for it, but you know, I've been run- like I said, I've been running since 2011, and I've done so many races that just don't exist anymore because you know, one thing is just not supported. Another thing, you know, they make poor business decisions and they disappear. But more often than not, they're just not supported. You know, a great race that I ran 2011-2012 was Gladiator Rock and Run. They tried to come back a few years ago, and I think they got 50 people to sign up, and they said, well, it's just not worth it, so he chose not to come up. I was signed up, I was ready, and I was disappointed that, you know, here we are, the biggest team in the Northwest can't support a small race, and I see that more often than not. We got some great races, you know. We got Summit to Swamp. We got Renegade Rage. We got Run Amok. You go out there, and the showing is just not there. You know, you go to a you go to a Tough Mud or you go to a Spartan, and they got thousands and thousands of people. They're gonna make their money, but when you meet the owners of Summit to Swamp, like Hezolana and Renegade Rage, and you know Run Amok is giving money and making homes for veterans you know that's the that's the heart and soul of ocr spartan and tough mudder like i said they're going to get their money but it gives you a a warm feeling in your heart when you're running a local race and supporting your local charities and you're meeting the people that are building these in their backyard and you know working on their days off to put it together for us and I just really like to see a, a bigger increase in running local. Yeah, you you spoke a little bit about pennies for quarters and run amok. I mean that that experience out there was their first year doing it. I know you and your wife were there, myself, Mike, Lisa yeah. Ann, and a couple others. And for a first year event, it had its hiccups, but but sure. it was it was all overcome with just friendship, fellowship. You know, it's just a great environment to be out there with, you know, the race promoters, the track owner was out there on his on his backhoe moving things around before I think you got there. I mean, it's just a great feeling when you're out there with those guys. And it's not uh, it's not thousands of, of Spartan volunteers that are just being brought in to build for one week and then tear it out for another week. And, you know, all the money shipped back east somewhere. I mean, the, the money that we raised out there um, for that went directly into the Clallam County um, homeless situation going out there with the homeless vets. Um, yeah. You know, we, we do the same thing with... Uh, with the OMAC Warrior Stampede. Um, that's another local race. Last year, they had 
I think I think I added it up, 53 participants. And and it's it's such a crazy event because you actually get to go and and essentially run off of a cliff into the river. <laughs> and yeah. uh and with the beast, I I didn't see a whole lot of beast names on the rosters for that race. Uh Renegade Rage, uh Sandra and those folks down there. You know, luckily uh Dirty Dan and uh and Taylor Overmiller went down there just to dominate that one this year. Um I think they came in first and second, but uh but I didn't see, I saw maybe 10 check-ins from other beasts. And, and that's something that I think doing the race local challenge next year. And if we all promote it and, and we talk about it as much as we can, as often as we can and promote these local races, you know, I think we could actually see some more races start to move this way, whether it be a, a small traveling race or another like Hazel Anna and her family, they just built one in their backyard basically. And it's such a wonderful race. It it gives you that feeling that when you go out to a playground in elementary school, and it just is very wholesome. And, you know, there's home-cooked stew when you come in, and there's warm showers, and there's just things that they're there that the, the, big, the big guys don't really bring. The extra love, the, the warm coffee, the warm blanket, a, a place to camp, you know, just you know, a hug and a smile that's just not there in the, in the, in the big names. And, you know, that's why I love racing local, you know, it's just those, those little things that aren't thought of, you, you really feel appreciated when you're out there. That is very true. Um, everybody at any of the smaller local events that I've been at, they're just, they're so appreciative that you came and they're so willing to accommodate and then getting them on the show yeah, they're just so excited to be on here because because it's not like you know they got Joe Rogan or somebody coming on to talk about how great their program is. It's you know the owner of it being asked onto a, a local podcast to to talk about it, and they're just so appreciative of of everything we do as beasts to bring in bring in racers and to bring in donations to to whatever their local cause is. You know this this next year with the race local scene. I mean we've got essentially three states technically in a province but we touch a few others because of that we've uh you know we've got uh swanson grit up in in bc and uh grit farm fitness up in bc that are coming on with uh race and endurance series next year of course i don't have much info on idaho i'll be working with mario to get more of that out this year i'm hoping we can find some more local smaller um, ocr events over there or endurance events uh and I've been working with with one of the beasts that's over in Montana. He's got a handful of other other endurance, and I say endurance. I mean, they're they're trail runs, hundred mile trail runs, stuff like that. I mean, I, that's crazy right. stuff. But it's it's fifty participants. It's sixty participants out there that are that are doing this, usually raising money for a cause. And and those are the kind that again, I'm going to try to get those onto the list and and get those race promoters on to the show because you know that's how we get people to go out to these events and that's how we get these events to stick around that's right this last summer we worked uh, very closely with with a promoter out of the southeast trying to get uh get the green beret challenge up here and at its height i believe we had uh about 50 people signed up uh it was like 19 teams i think so so maybe that was 60 people and then he converted it over to to a trail race series we had 28 people yeah. that stuck around for that. 
and he ended up just having to pull the plug on it, which affected other events that we had um, worked into it, um, which in the end probably wasn't a bad thing um, because I think that the, the firefighter fit, uh, we've got them coming back up for a couple other events in 2020. We'll be seeing those posted uh, quite a bit in, in the, uh, the SOCR chat. And then, uh, of course, anything that I can find about a local race, I like to promote on the BeastNet pages. And of course, the Absolutely. Canadian ones. I'll be, I'll be pushing the Canadian local races a lot more on the uh, Eastnet International site. Um, I don't know if you you caught that this last weekend. We uh, we rolled out Eastnet International, which will be hosted by Charity and Ryan Fick on a once a month basis to start. But it uh, it kind of mm-hmm. kind of gives us uh, a little more of an in into that branching into Canada. Um, Charity and Ryan are. Uh, Ryan's a Spartan and Tough Mudder ambassador, I believe. And then Charity is a, a Tough Mudder ambassador and a writer for Mud Run Guide. So the expansion into Canada is going to be a, a good and large one, I think. <laughs> yeah, I think so too. But I've been surprised because, you know, so far I've only found maybe four race series in Canada that aren't, you know, because you got Spartan and the other ones that come up there. But, uh, in Western Canada, there's not a ton. In Alberta, you've got uh, the X Warrior series, which I believe we're going to count that as part of the race local because that's that's uh, another yes, series we that we talked about. Um, and we are going to count that. Yeah, and that's it's in Alberta, so yeah, it's a bit of a drive. But I mean, you drive up to the Boneyard there, you camp out for like Black Ops or some of the other events, and if you listen to the stories from Ted when he was up there. You know, there was a, a problem with race timing at one of the events and, and Darcy Shofu, the, the race owner, went and just got tray after tray of hamburgers and started handing them out to everybody and telling them just to be patient you now that he's going to he's going to get the, the race timing thing figured out. And, uh, and he, that was his version of apologizing was just everybody gets hamburgers since they're waiting on me. That um, sounds pretty awesome to me. Well, and that's yeah, that's you what me. you get with these locals. Like you said, home cooked stew. Um, some of the other ones, you know, they've had just out there cooking hamburgers and hot dogs. Um, even some of the local running events, you'll see that where it's just a small local run, maybe not an OCR, but you know, they're out there raising funds a lot of times on a fun run to support some cause. And and not that those will make the the OCR race local, but you know, any of those events are just important for people to get out and race. Absolutely. Do you like challenges that are fun, tough, and might use tacos? Head on over to BeastChallenge.com and check out our upcoming events, including Beast's 5K+, a combination of race and endurance event, and the Bucket Mile. Keep an eye on the Beast OCR Facebook group for event gatherings. For more information, head on over to BeastChallenge.com and the Beast's OCR Facebook group. You'll be glad you did. Um... You know, one other thing, I didn't preface it before the show, but uh, I, I assume that you're going to be involved in it, uh, but is Beast for the Cause in 2020. We're rolling that one back out again, and I think that ties itself very nicely into the race local. Indeed. Beast uh, for a Cause, I also did that a couple of years ago. It was great. You know, it's got different charities. Uh, one, you, you can give food to a homeless shelter, you can give clothing, you know, to different shelters, you can go repair the trails that we all, you know, share and go hike. There's a polar bear plunge that gives to the Special Olympics. There's 
so many great charities that Brian May has picked out that it's very easy to do. You just sign up, give a little bit of time. It's not all about money. And the patch is really cool. You worked really hard. Brian May has done really a tremendous amount for the team behind the scenes. And I have to give him a lot of credit. He puts a lot of work in. He developed an app to help us organize our challenges. And that's our paid challenges, our monthly free challenges. The app's out there for the iOS right now, and he's now working on an Android version. And he's just... He's just a really awesome dude, and, you know, he's not asking for anything in return. He's just doing a lot of things behind the scenes, and it's just all working out. The race local, the beast for a cause, all of the challenges just all rolled up into uh, thebeastchallenges.com and, and now the app that he's developed. Brian May is just a really awesome dude. He's been in the, in the game since... 2010, longer than I have. I was going to say, one of the things that uh, I was just double-checking before I said it, but uh, volunteer at a non-national brand race. So that ties in directly to volunteering at the build um, out at uh, Runamuck or at the build for for uh, Summit the Swamp or Summit at the, the Swamp events or, themselves. That's um, right race day events and that was i was just double checking that that was on the list of beasts for a cause um and and you look at that that's why i was thinking the two really tied well together is that is that the race for race local and beast for a cause you know first off you're going to get out there you're going to race for a local event you're going to be able to raise money for whatever it is and if you do it right you get out there you can also volunteer at it and work on two patches at the same time exactly right so it's not it's not really hard. It's, it's definitely not impossible. It's just about getting out there and giving a little bit of your time and supporting your local charities, your local events, and your local community, which all you know just give you a warm and fuzzy when you when you give somebody a meal that they couldn't afford or a, a blanket or a coat, you know, when it's cold out or fixing. The hiking trails, you know, when trees get blown over into the walking path is just really awesome things to do and that we all should be doing. And it's just, it's not about money. It's just about getting out there and giving a little bit of your time. Yeah, but you just hit the nail on the head there. You know, a lot of these places like the Department of Natural Resources or the individual state parks and stuff, they have very limited budget. The last 10 years, you've seen a lot of budget cuts come to them, especially. And and those are the guys that if we don't go out and personally help them clean up these trails, the flip side of it is they decide to no longer maintain them and close them. And that's, that's what we that's don't right. want to happen out there. Um, I've seen that a lot with uh, the ORV trails where... Uh, a local RV club sponsors individual trails. I believe they have that for regular uh, walking and hiking trails for for us. Where um, I was thinking, the beasts maybe need to get out there and, and sponsor a trail. I know they do for sure in uh, in Idaho. I thought they did over here in Washington, but uh, that's something that uh, that probably you and I and, and Adam and Mike need to to sit down and pick a trail and set a date and just get out there and do that. I would definitely be in on that. Yeah, because I know in Idaho they put up a sign that says this trail is is sponsored or uh, maintained by 
and it's got the the hiking group or the running group's name. So that's something that uh, that we probably need to look into. Just kind of flashed in front of my mind that I remembered seeing that when I was hiking. Mm, absolutely, that sounds great. And I'd you know, that's another, that. yeah, that's another thing where where we can put it up there and and see how many beasts we can get there. Um, we've got over two thousand members, and I would love to see twenty percent be active this year. Um, that means people on the Facebook, people on the podcast, people out at the local events. You know, that's that's 400 people, which doesn't sound like a whole lot. But some of these local events that are only drawing in 50 people, an influx of 400 right. beasts would make a huge difference. You know, it's not like we're asking everybody to come out because, right. you know, we're all over the globe these days. But I would bet that, that we could we have 400 beasts that could easily make it out to to a local race whether it be down in in Kennewick Pasco or over in Randall or up in Port Angeles or over in Omac or uh, there's another one in Yakima I'm, I'm, I'm forgetting but so that's that's going to be something that uh, that I hope you kind of maybe help the ambassadors kind of get out there and rally the troops a little bit on that uh, but for me I think it's yeah, going to be a great race here yeah, I'm just hoping that a lot of races don't don't line up on the same dates, which I've seen a lot happen. I know last year the Runamuck and the OMAC landed on the same day, and I chose Runamuck just because, you know, I'm a veteran and they support veterans, so that's the direction I went. But I really wanted to do both of them because I'm greedy and I just want to do every single race out there and you know, not just Spartan or Tough Mudder or all these big names. I want to hit as many locals as I can because that's that's where the heart and soul is of OCR. That's now, where the love run, is. That's where the passion is. You can do both next year. Um, run Amuck has announced their date officially of July 11th. And unfortunately, OMAC Warrior Stampede has not released their date. But I do have their date, and I can tell you that you will be able to race both. Yes, at the same time, unfortunately, they landed on the same day as Renegade Rage. Yeah, that again, that's that that scheduling thing. Um, I think one of the yeah. things that 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 makes it hard is is they try to plan primarily around Spartan and Tough Mudder and those big racers, and sometimes they they line up on each other. I hadn't seen the yeah. Renegade. You know, I think I actually promoted the Renegade Rage for next year and forgot to. Uh, notate that but you know we've got lisa and lindy up in uh, port angeles and i'm sure she'll be helping us and uh and mike and i and uh kyle will probably have to just go to two different races that day split up and uh one or two of us goes up north and the other one goes south um yeah for the, for the beast net guys our goal you know we've been setting up uh to be able to do more radio style remotes and uh next year we'll be at the local events with a beast net booth um just talking about the show talking about the beasts in general doing some recruiting and uh and that's just something that uh, that's part of what we do so that's actually a prerequisite for the pro team and the ambassadors that they have a certain number of local races that they have to do to maintain you know on the pro team or to be an ambassador you have to promise to do a certain amount of local races i've put that in the agreement you know that they've all signed and are very willing to do so i think 2020 is going to be very different for local races well and, and, and whenever we get whenever we get one or two beasts there's usually a flock or a pack right. or whatever you want to call us i guess since we're ground animals it'd be a pack <laughs> <laughs>
But, uh, yeah. So, um, one other funny thing that I'd like to ask you about you. Um, what is your least favorite obstacle? <laughs> uh, that is a very tough question because I love a challenge. So anything, you know, that I fail at, I actually like because it makes me train harder and it makes me come back stronger. So you're saying something um, like something like over hills or sorry, rolling no, hills. No, actually or over I love hills. <laughs> I, I love I love hills. I do hill sprints all the time. I think my least favorite has to do with balance. I have horrible balance. So when I see a balance obstacle, I start cringing and it's probably the one weakness that I need to work on and haven't worked on. So I'd say it's a balance obstacle. Yeah, we saw a lot of those at uh, Terrain Race, Tough Mudder. Those ones had a lot of balance obstacles. Uh, and I'll agree with you. Those are definitely not my strong point either. Where, uh, Especially when you're you're standing on the edge of a two-by-six and you're wearing cleats. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> it just adds a little bit of extra to it there. And, and so the opposite of that, what's your favorite obstacle? My favorite obstacle, uh, uh, I like the carries. I, I I don't know. There's something about, you know, the weight on my back, the, the weight on my shoulder. It doesn't matter if it's a bucket, a log, a sandbag. I'm just carrying something heavy, especially if it's up a hill. It just, it's something raw about that. Just that raw strength that it takes to grab something heavy and, and take it from A to B. Uh, I think the carry is my favorite. I say I I enjoy a good log carry because it did with it being a log round or something it really brings out that extra primal it's like me wood <laughs> that's right <laughs> you know a bucket or something man made isn't quite the same I mean it's still a real good heavy challenge but when it's just that that wet log round and you get to go carry yeah. it up that hill around that tree and back down and you're just I'm a man I'm carrying a rock a log and that's yeah. Funny thing, I don't know if you watched the videos from the uh, the OMAC Warrior Stampede. There, they have one obstacle there that is just it, it screams, "I need to go do it." It's the rock drop. Pick up the rock, push it over your shoulder, drop it. Turn around, pick up the rock, put it over your shoulder, drop it. And they had rocks, everything from you know baseball size up to a hundred plus pound rock. Um, and it was just a, a crazy thing to watch. I did see those videos, and they they had a very similar obstacle in the the rise tactical challenge that a few of us went hit in bend oregon you know it's just a big old rock almost boulder size and you're just scooping it up and checking it and i love those things i love the primal raw you know just go get after it i love i love that and that was rise from true north wasn't it or is that somebody else that uh, no somebody else uh rise events it was their inaugural event down in Bend, Oregon. Yeah. Um, it, it was only two miles, but they included a shotgun course about three quarters into it. So that was very different after scaling, I don't know, a 12-foot wall coming down right into a shotgun where you got to calm your breathing and, you know, sight in and hit five targets with a shotgun and then take off running again. Very awesome element. You know, to include, you know, not a lot of people incorporate shooting into their course because of safety. Yeah, it's real hard to have but, somewhere uh, where, you can, where you can go out and, and have a, a ruck or an obstacle course and then be able to pull a gun and, and do some target practice all on the same course. 
Yeah. So I thought and it was yeah, a great they, event. I, I just looked them up on Facebook and started following them. Um, that way I can reach out to them and uh, possibly get them on so we can talk about their next event. Because uh, looks like you, Janelle, um, and Adam went down and just had an awesome time. And probably some other beasts that I didn't catch in the pictures. But, uh, but yeah, that's another local mm-hmm. local there. My my wife was there again. I We don't tag her because she doesn't have a Facebook account. But... My wife was doing the events as much as I have. We've been doing it, you know, together for a long time. And she's my race partner, always will be. But, you know, she loved it. It was her first time actually shooting a shotgun. And she just loved that element in the obstacle course. Cool. I look forward to getting down there, hopefully, this uh, 2020 season. Right now, I've been uh, writing a lot of stuff on my calendar. And I just got to figure out now what's actually going to work. But, uh, well, heck, is there anything you wanted to say to the listeners? I know uh, we got another call to be on here shortly. <laughs> um, so just basically about the pro team and ambassador team, the changes I've made, they weren't, they didn't come from me. They came from, you know, other former pro members, leadership, and they were, you know, I, I take suggestions well. Yeah, I don't have thin skin. My door's wide open. So if you have an idea you know, for the pro team, or you have an, an idea of what what you think ambassadors should or should not be doing, go ahead and hit me up. I would love to hear from you. I would love to, you know, change the program to, to what ambassadors do or don't do or, you know, pro members should or should not be doing. Um, I'm very open to suggestions. So uh, if you have an idea, you know, please shoot it my way. Um, yeah, and that's that's it for the teams. Yeah, you know, the, the thing that a lot of people, you know, they'll be out running the course and they'll see us wearing beast outfits and stuff. They don't know the different colors, maybe. Um, and the thing that a lot of people just don't know is is we are just a bunch of guys and gals that uh, that started out as, as people on a course that bumped into each other. And, and now we're a group of 2,000 people with, with sponsored racers and and we're we're all learning how to how to do it right or how to do it better. Um, you know, we don't have any any big corporations or anybody you now telling us how to do things or you know we need to have That's people right. do this or do that. It's 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 you and and the beast leadership sitting down and saying how can we do this better next year. And that's what it is. That's exactly what it is. Um, you know, I'm, I love getting feedback and I take the feedback and make the appropriate changes and just try to make it better every single year. Oh, that's awesome. Um, 2020 is going to be a great year. Um, you're going to hear a lot of the pro team and the ambassadors. Uh, I'm trying to get them all on the show here, uh, right falling into the end of the year here, beginning in January. And then I believe a lot of them will follow up uh, later in the year with Kim. Um, so you should hear a lot on the show about them. And hopefully you get to meet them in person out there. And, you know, get up there. You see someone wearing a blue or a red beast shirt it's not just because they they like different colors it's because they're part of the team um on the sponsored team so get out there and introduce yourself if they're not already introducing themselves to you that's it so yeah thanks for being on the show today brian um i'm looking forward to thank you john i'm very excited for 2020 a lot of new things a lot of exciting things happening a lot of things still in the works that haven't been announced i'm just very excited um Biggest team in the Northwest, 
you know, we need to be doing things. We need to get out there supporting local, racing local, and all of the causes, and getting after those challenges and, and bettering yourself while you're at it. Yeah, and you're right. I think just as a reminder to everybody, get out there, sign up for all these beast challenges. I mean, carrying a bucket for a mile, it might suck, but you know what? It's going to make it better when you have to go carry that log up and down a hill. You know, going out and doing the Beast 5K, you know, that's that's a lot of functional movement and carry. That is just some awesome training for the off-season. You know, the upcoming that's mystery right. event. I, I, I wish that, that Brian would just put up mystery event and put on there a price and then just not even tell anybody until after a date and then be like, all right, here's what you signed up for. <laughs> You know, that, that yeah, that mystery event. I'm very event, excited. That's that I'm one's very be a excited lot of fun. for the mystery event. Um, if you if you listened a while back, um, Darcy from X Warrior did that with uh, with what they called the Hurt Locker. It was just an event. It had mm-hmm. absolutely no information. It was, hey, we're going to have this event here at the Boneyard. Sign up here. We'll tell you when you get here what it is. And yeah. it sold out. I'm hoping we can. And get I don't like know that about going. you, but that stuff excites me. Not knowing what you're getting into is one of the best things. If all you know is that you need to come with a a ruck and some duct tape, and we'll provide the rest, and you have no clue what the gear list is, that that makes it a lot more of a challenge because you can't sit there and try to figure out why you have certain pieces of gear. So, um, yeah, next year is going to be great. Everybody out there in Beastnet land, get on there. All of these virtual challenges are just awesome events. Uh, A couple of them require meetups. Like the Beast 5K, we try to do those only at uh, at uh, functional uh, meetups. But uh, most of them, you can just log them on your own and turn them in, like the Taco Mile, Bucket Mile, etc. But uh, get out there and do those, and then and I hope to see all of you guys racing locally. And uh, make sure always check in on Facebook and promote these race local events when you're out there, um, both to make sure that they count towards your race local patch. And to make sure that uh, everybody else gets out there next year because they see how much fun you had. Absolutely. All right, Don. Thank you for your time. Have a great yep. night. Yep, I'm and sure I'll see you soon. look forward to seeing you out on the course. All right, buddy. I'll talk to you later. All right. Bye. Bye. Thanks for listening to the BeastNet Podcast. If you haven't done it yet, find us on Facebook. Like and share the podcast. Give us a review on iTunes or Spotify. All these things will help to expand the show in the future. This show is brought to you by James Safety Services in partnership with Beach OCR. Don't forget to subscribe and let us know what you think and what you like to hear. You can find us on Facebook or at BeastsOCR.org.